enter a nexus of science, violence, and nonsense, where fake news, pseudoscience, and weaponized stupidity meet full-contact fact-checking and peer-reviewed ass-kicking. And as always, no bullshit allowed. Recorded live at Bullshito Headquarters in Austin, Texas, this is the Art of Fighting BS Podcast. Man, you come right out of a comic book. Chocolate lines up planetarily with the sun. Chocolate is an octave of sun energy. Brain chips in the trips. They get the trips. Special vaccines that are really nanotech that already re-engineer their brains. What, what are you gonna do? Excuse me, sir. I don't want any trouble. Sure, on some planet, your style is quite impressive, but your weak link is this is Earth. Hey, well, I get to learn karate. Karate? The Dane Cook of martial arts? No. We do not need that many vaccines. What does the scouter say about his power level? It's over 9,000! We have a saying back home that if you're coming on, come on. Keep the yoga mat out of your mouth and on the floor. You know friends and family that eat yoga mat? Oh, in the parking lot. Now we're going to fucking hop on the phone. Get out of a body bag! Yeah! All right. <laughs> Welcome back to the Art of Fighting BS Podcast. This is Frost again, and today's episode we're going to talk about gun control. Our guest is Derek Debus. He is a former Marine combat instructor, licensed handgun shotgun instructor for law enforcement, and he's about to graduate law school where he's going to go on to be a prosecutor, so this guy knows what he's talking about. He is also the person who wrote the Bullshito official no BS guide to gun control in the Second Amendment, which you can see on the website, bullshito.net. If you don't know what that website is, then why are you listening to this? Anyway, so check out the podcast. It's just me in the studio with JNP and Sub Messenger, who's hosting, and it's a lively discussion. I think we cover a lot of interesting topics uh, from angles you've probably never heard of before. Because God knows if you've ever had a conversation about gun control on the internet, whether you're for guns, against guns, or you think guns automatically kill anybody in the room because they're just objects of evil and death, we will have something to contribute towards your understanding, regardless of what your politics are. So, take a listen, or not, I don't give a shit, but here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the official Bullshito podcast. This evening featuring Frost, JNP, and Three Moose One. How's it going? And I am, as always, your incompetent host, Submessive. Hey, so, uh, fuck. Um, what color are your panties? <laughs> oh, off to a great start up. We're never going to get a fucking... <laughs> We're going to hell. I'm trying to get some fucking <laughs> academic people to come the on. Brown the brown parts or the, the white parts? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. And let's talk about abortion now. Okay, it's good. It's good. It's yep. all good. <laughs> abortion. Anyway, uh, Sifu Justin Ock was the guy who's in the, um, the intro. <laughs> and I'm not supposed to say his name, but fuck him and his family and his ancestors. Because um, we were talking about this before we we hit the record button. Um, yeah, he's the guy that's going. Uh, Excuse me, sir. Please back up. And he got our YouTube channel nuked 
because he did not like <laughs> us. We had like millions and millions of views on that, subscribers, etc. And he he made his own sound effects for his uh, demonstrations of being attacked in a parking lot. So that's yeah. I just wanted to throw out some shade on that he guy. He now has a lucrative career in Hollywood making sound effects. So yeah. He's, <laughs> all right. So let's uh, let's move the the conversation along. A little bit more pertinent to the, the topic discussion today. Du jour. Um, okay, yeah. I, last week I made the joke that because we we tried to have uh, Derek on. Derek is a about to be a full fledged attorney right now. He's he's in law school. Um, and correct me on if I'm you know getting the time wrong here, but um, yeah. So are we going to use usernames or real names? Well, I don't give a shit. Do you want give a shit? Uh, it doesn't matter to me either way. Okay, well, Derek is there's there's like three thousand Derek's uh, within five minutes of here, so I, I think get out of town. There, no, I'm pretty sure there's a law that says I can't be more than ten in a, in a square mile. I don't. I've, I've like met four Derek's in my entire life. He's Austin, so I've never been to Austin. Oh, dude, you have to come down here. So anyway, uh, the point it is that terrible. We're supposed All to fucking Derek's? talk about gun control. <laughs> it was only 105 today. Well, he lives in like uh, Albuquerque or something. Okay, Phoenix, close enough. Yeah, same. It's place. amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's a dry heat. Whatever. I'm um, I'm slowly preserving like beef jerky. That's hot. That's that's why all those uh, old people go out there, right? Yep. Anyway, back to the uh, the long winded fucking explanation I was going to give for this uh, episode of the podcast. Last week we tried to have you on. Uh, to cover the shootings in Gilroy and uh, fuck, I, I'm losing track of all of them. But El Paso, uh, El Paso, and um, Dayton. 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 Yeah, there's quite a few to to select from. The one thing that Frost forgot to mention for our podcast listeners, all one of them, um, is that uh, Derek was also a Marine, an MP in the Marines, and uh, nope. Sorry, let me let me jump in. Please, um, I please. was a. I was a Marine infantryman and I was in the Marine Corps for seven years. Um, I'm a certified uh, firearms instructor, handgun and shotgun for law enforcement. Um, right now, I'm in law school. I graduate in December, um, but I've been practicing under a limited certified practice student status for the last nine months. Sweet. So you get to uh, put motherfuckers in jail. Yes. The point being is Derek has Ish. actual military experience as well as legal which is why we wanted to have him on to talk about uh, mass shootings and gun control specifically. He actually wrote our uh, our guide to gun control, or the No BS guide that you might find on the website if you go to the fucking website for a change. Uh, yeah, go to the website. Yeah, go to the website. It, it's there. It exists. It's not. We're not just a fucking Facebook page where you assholes complain why we're not covering martial arts. So anyway, yeah, actually, aren't there like whole? sections of the site devoted to different martial arts uh they're in theory i haven't visited them because i don't give a shit about them but yeah <laughs> yes there are there are there's a kaju kinbo <clears throat> forum what the fuck hold we on we have all kinds of sub forums that are uh, specialized to different martial arts yeah no that's okay yeah visit them if you want to give a shit about those things i don't so um Anyway, what I was trying to say was last week we were going to have you on uh, to cover those mass shootings, and then you had to cancel because you had better shit to do with your life. I, I think it was your birthday, and you were visiting pigs in the Caribbean or something like that, right? Yeah, pretty much. And then, uh, so I, I made the joke. Um, it's okay. He will just reschedule for uh, next week's mass shooting, and lo and behold, uh, guess Oof. what they just had? 
Was it, I forgot, was it Philadelphia? It was Philadelphia. Philadelphia. It's happening right now. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yep, somebody shot like six cops, which... Jesus. Yeah. I don't know if it's one person or multiple people, but there's... There was a shooting. And I'm not going to get into that because there are a lot of commentaries that can be made about the difference between somebody shooting cops and shooting normal civilians, uh, which also I should clarify that cops are civilians because some people seem to be confused about that. Uh, But I'm going to stop talking before I piss off all of the law enforcement officers that still realize that we give a shit about them too. So go ahead and um, chime in what your opinion is on gun control broadly um you know i think that it's it's pretty i it's difficult right because you know we had heller in 2008 and mcdonald shortly thereafter and they really set sort of this broad narrative of what's constitutional or not so so my view of what gun control should be is very largely shaped by what's permissible under the constitution and I guess it depends on what your aim is. You know, like right now, there's this idea that mental health is this driving force between, or, or you know, for mass shooting. But I, I don't necessarily agree with that, right? Because you have these these people becoming radicalized, right? We see that in El Paso. We saw that in Vegas. These people becoming radicalized by various different ideas in these these uh, crazy places on the internet. Yeah. Have you seen the? Um the factoid, and and I'm not 100% sure of the veracity of the factoid, but the majority of the mass shooters over the last, like, 20 years have been on anti-depression medication. Have you seen that? You know, I, I have, and I, I think that as just a, a factual basis, that can't be true, because the FBI defines a mass shooting as a shooting involving four or more victims, right? There's hundreds of mass shootings a year. They just happen in inner cities. So, yeah, it was definitely the, the type of mass shooter that, uh, you know, goes to a public place and shoots a bunch of people they don't know versus, you know, like a, a domestic uh, assault incident. Yeah, and that, that kind right. of is the problem with talking about guns in, in the first place and on anything because the there's so many people that want to use weasel language and twist things around. And I think there was a major study that came out from some independent group that wanted to categorize it as like two or more people were were a mass shooting which you know means that there was mass shooting every five minutes everywhere yeah would a murder suicide be a mass shooting yeah probably Under according that to, definition too. yeah for the well, same reason the, that you know a person has mass yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, well it's for the same reason that they count suicides uh in gun gun death stats but they paint those as the victims of murder so i mean they, they mm-hmm. leave it open to interpretation because People, yeah. the they vast... say they say oh thirty thousand people a year die due to because of firearms. They leave out that twenty thousand of those are suicides. Yeah, they they paint this idea that you might be one of those thirty thousand. Well, yeah. that's not true. You're you're very statistically unlikely to be the victim of gun violence. Or your yeah, or your kid. And then you know you whittle it down, take away those twenty thousand, and then you have ten thousand. The vast majority of which are committed by handgun, not an AR fifteen or any uh, assault weapon, which is another boogeyman term. And then you get mm-hmm. into the fact that the majority of those handgun shootings are somewhat related to gang and or drug trade violence, which whittles it down to your likelihood of getting shot is about as likely as, I, I think the statistic I saw, and everybody will have to fact check this, 
you're about as likely to get uh, killed by a falling coconut. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, the, the funny thing is, and I, I talk about this a little bit in the article that's on the website, um, to cut out the majority of those inner city gun violence, right, the gang-on-gang disputes, well, first you have to understand, there's, there's this, this doctrine in courts uh, called the doctrine of illegality, right? It, courts will not enforce an illegal contract. So, for example, Neil, if I want to sell you 100 coconuts and I give you the 100 coconuts and you don't pay me, well, I can go to court and enforce that contract because there's nothing legal about selling coconuts. Yeah. But if that's 100 units of drugs, being nonspecific for legal reasons, um, if that's 100 units of drugs and you don't pay me, I don't have a forum to regret redress those grievances. So yeah. I don't really have a choice in this scenario. So if we just think about what, what doing away with this policy looks like, I think that we could do a significant cut a significant number of gun deaths. Down. I have literally never heard that argument in all the years I've been arguing with people about gun control. That is, that might be a new one on me. If we just enforce contract law with regards to drug sales, holy shit. I mean, I, I guess it dovetails kind of into the prohibition is the reason for violence in the first place, but damn, that's interesting. Well, I'm, that's always been the case, though, right? So when we had Prohibition, right, back in mm -hmm. the early part of the uh, 20th century, right, so the uh, the Al Capones and, you know, the gangs of that time, you know, what they were doing was trafficking in alcohol, which was yeah. a prohibited substance. And, so and that's, the that's how they raised the money for the prostitution and the gambling, too. And the Kennedy family. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's where they got their fucking Jeff wealth. Yeah, which, is, which is really important because when we're talking about gun control, uh, you know, we you have to take into account the uh, National Firearms Act, right? Which was yep. a result of what happened during those early days uh, as the result of prohibition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for those aren't, that aren't familiar, the National Firearms Act was enacted in 1934 because bootleggers had machine guns. They had uh, BARs at the time um, and Tommy guns that would and they they just get into shootouts with the police and the police could not get the upper hand they had fucking revolvers sometimes they had they had thompsons but they couldn't fight back so congress passed this legislation making it illegal um to possess these however they didn't outright ban these type of guns right it's perfectly legal to buy grenades and silencers or suppressors rather and machine guns and mortars and rocket launchers. You can buy all of that stuff. You just have to get it Class through, through uh, well, you can get a fire, the, uh, dealer's license, um, but it's, it's, a, it's a tax stamp. And there's an argument about the, the overall constitutionality of, of it because it's a weird levying of Congress's tax for but that's, that's long and boring. No one wants to talk about that. Um, but you, you possess these, but you have to go through a rigorous background check. You have to get the permission from one of the chief law enforcement officers in your jurisdiction. You go through a crazy long screening process through the ATF. You pay a bunch of money, and then you can buy these type of things. Well, because they're so rare and because not many people can buy them, they're exorbitantly expensive. You know, an M16, an actual assault rifle, is like five or $6,000. And that's not for a special one. It's just your run-of-the-mill bottom-barrel one. Yeah, uh, Anna Atrocity, who um, from the forums, uh, like I don't know, were we doing names? No. She had a uh, Uzi and brought it to the uh, 2006 
Kansas City throwdown. It w- it was cool. We shot up a bunch of cases of shitty Walmart soda, and uh, I think like eight or nine of my old computer monitors um, <laughs> for the company that I um that I used to work for. Fuck them. So it was awesome. I, I think I was supposed to return them too, and then they laid me off. So they, yeah, they can eat a dick. Uh, anyway, sorry. That was or the, the whatever genitalia. The point they don't being, yes. said, eat a you, bag of genitals you don't like. A financial. Like a financial uh, kind of hurdle, it can function as an effective uh, screen for those kind of firearms, those kind of weapons, right? And there's well, absolutely, and it's it's just the whole hurdle and process of going through it. Uh, it, it takes a long time. It costs a lot of money. Um, people aren't going to do that just just because they do that because they want to be a collector. Um, they do that because it's just fun to do it. Uh, I know a couple guys who have them cause they teach classes and they like to say, Hey, you can come shoot the MP five on full auto. Um, but people aren't doing it, you know, all the time. It's, it's a time consuming process. And, um, is it correct to say, I, I think this is correct. The, uh, that none of the NFA registered firearms have ever been used in commission of crime. As far as I'm aware, that is correct. No, no lawfully, uh, no lawfully, obtained nfa firearm has been used in a crime as far as i'm aware that's kind of a an argument for there's a black book that says uh yeah maybe yeah so that the um the part of that argument is that um you know you've you've got people that are are jumping through hoops to legally own these firearms and they are not going to jeopardize you know, the, the, all of the, the work that they put in to being able to have these guns, right? That, and I mean, are you going to spend $5,000 on a gun to go out and commit a mass shooting when you can buy a very similar gun? Like, I mean, if you're the kind of person that's going to commit a mass shooting, you don't have $5,000. Let's, let's be honest. For the most part, it's, yeah. right? It, because it, mo- it, for the most part, you can afford a therapist to talk you out of it <laughs> at, that, at that income level. Yeah. So yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, then, okay. Hold on. Let me let me throw in something there. Objection? No, just kidding. Um, the uh, <laughs> the Vegas shooter. That guy had some weird funding for his. Well, life. he was like independently wealthy. Yeah, we don't we don't know what the hell happened to that. He just dropped off the radar completely. He there's either he didn't fit the narrative that the media gave a shit about or something else and i don't know what happened with that i mean he had he had multiple homes right yeah and mm-hmm. he was uh frequenting uh las vegas casinos yeah for fun and, and staying in like you know crazy suites and stuff but he didn't like country music no he did not <laughs> or at but least country music fans <laughs> he he also didn't like uh learning how to actually operate a firearm Right, and so that is why we don't have bump stocks anymore. Well, those are stupid. You can't really. I mean, unless you're spraying. Well, yeah, into exactly. The crowd. So I, if, I did not mind had, that at if all. If he had just stayed there <laughs> with like you know like a, a semi-auto, he could have picked off so many more people. Right. So I I think that one of the reasons why um, he didn't kill as many people is I uh, I like what I like what you're saying. Right in in. Uh, in machine gunnery, you learn that keeping a very tight, very narrow beaten zone, um, the beaten zone being where all the bullets pretty much hit the ground, you learn that keeping a very tight beaten zone is essential to effective machine gunnery. 
well, this guy with his bump stock and his, his lack of weapons fish efficiency, thank God. Um, I, I knew a guy that was at the uh, at Vegas that day, unfortunately. Um, Did he make because it? of his, his lack of proficiency, his beaten zone was huge. And as a result, there's a much higher chance that those rounds are going to hit empty space. Um, but I, I want to I caveat real quick. Uh, I think Neil just said that he didn't mind uh, the bump stock ban. Which, which is fine, right, if you're talking about just, just the bump stock ban in and of itself. But what is concerning is the way that the bump stock ban came about, right? Because the NFA says that if a firearm uh, fires more than one round per trigger pull, it's regulated by the NFA and you have to go through all the hoops and pay, pay for the tax stamp. But a bump stock doesn't cause that to happen. A bump stock effectively causes that to happen, but... It still doesn't matter. It still doesn't change the fact that it's one trigger press per every round fired. And yet what the president did was unilaterally change that law by effectively banning these through executive order. And that's a problem. I can see that, but I would argue as a counterpoint that um, if you were, if you know what you're doing with that particular firearm, you do not need a bump stock to bump fire, right? Like I found that the whole bump stock thing is a joke because we used to do bump stock firing without a bump stock right bump fire you can, all you the can time. do it with a rubber band and a popsicle stick you don't even need that if you get the right rhythm between your shoulder and the trigger right you get the right mm-hmm. kind of balance you can bump fire all day long and it just leads it goes back to proficiency with a weapon right so there's a certain level of proficiency with a weapon that enables certain kinds of actions and if you don't have that, then maybe you're not in a position to be an accurate judge of what you know what is effective and what is not. So, you know, the bump stock ban, I laughed at it all day long because for me, I can bump fire, you know, that weapon all day long without a bump stock, right? Because I learned how to use my weapon, right? Yeah. Back in the day. So Right. You, I think you could bump fire a handgun if you know what you were doing. Yeah, if you know what you're doing and you have the the technical, but it just takes a lot of practice and a lot of familiarity. Which uh, you know, I mean, if you're across the bay looking at the guy, it's got all the the bells and whistles on his you know uh, black rifle, right? The mm-hmm. odds of that guy's proficiency is inversely related to how many uh, you know accoutrements. <laughs> you know, fancy crap he's got on his rifle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, more of a tactical. You know, what's it? What Geardo is the uh, the term? I mean, that's the politically correct term. It all goes back to, for me, it goes back to fundamentals. If you have the fundamental competency, you don't need the bells, the fancy bells and whistles, right? No, uh, the clock yeah. clock tower guy, and, and local guy, you you Charles Whitman, yeah. You know, I've always wanted, and and I'll, I'm going to let you get your piece in it, but I have to make this yeah. joke. I, and I, every time that guy's name comes up, I, I just think of Whitman samplers. The uh, you know the oh the chocolate yeah, yeah that's so wrong. <laughs> so I, I never I, made that con- I, correlation. I, it's been brewing in the back of my mind for the perfect opportunity. It's like oh that's a that's like a Charles Whitman sampler, but I, I yet I've had to no, have it. So man, don't go there. All right, all right, hey, Derek, I'm going to shut up so oh. you can chime in with your expertise. <laughs> that guy this. did make an open side shot with. <laughs> With a tumor in his brain, while well, the girl riding a that bicycle. gets into the whole subject of free will, but we're going to stay out of that one. So go go ahead, Derek. You, you chime in with it. Just another another point on the NFA. Um, a few minutes ago, I was like, "Well, if you got the money, you know, for a full auto machine gun, you're not going to commit mass shooting." Well, 
obviously I was a little wrong on that. We the Vegas shooter was pretty wealthy, but even he didn't use an NFA firearm. True. He had the means. He had he had the 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 means to obtain them, but even he didn't go through the hassle of, of all the work it takes to get any of those items. I actually, and there was a, there was a shooting in Virginia where uh, silencer was used. Technically, a silencer is is NFA regulated as well. Yeah. You can get those pretty easy, right? In fact, you can do like a trust to bypass a lot of these laws, right? You can create well, an LLC. So, I mean, the, the, well, well, the trust is just part of, so you're, you're, you're setting up a trust to be in possession of the, the piece, right? Yeah. And then you right. have so, the, the tax stamp is the separate thing. So, yeah. you know, so you, you, could, you could also just own it yourself, right? But, so um, there's 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 two general ways that people go about getting an NFA item. The first one is that they just they go through the traditional process and they become the sole owner, and they're that the stamp that goes on the NFA item is traced back directly to them. The other option that people do is they get a trust and they have the trust that actually takes possession of the firearm. They still have to go through the background check and get the tax stamp and all that good stuff, like you said. But the the benefit to having the trust, right, is is you can add members to the trust. So let's say I bought an NFA item. Let's say I bought a suppressor because they're cool. Um, if I own that and I buy that myself, and I go through the process as a sole owner, if I leave town, if I'm gone for a couple days, um, you know, God forbid, my wife and I split up, um, and she has possession of that, that's a felony. However, if we got that in possession or in, in through a trust, and we both became trustees. Again, we'd still go both go through the screening process. I'd still have to get the tax stamp. Um, well, then anyone who's a member of the trust can legally possess that item. Yeah, and I think this is something some of us are familiar with and that are have some government experience. I think maybe it would yeah. be more productive to address a lot of what we're talking about towards the people that are completely anti-gun that think assault weapon is an actual term that. Uh, don't understand why anybody would want to shoot a gun in the first place. Bang, bang, loud noise, black rifles are scary and they instantly kill kids. That's yeah, kind of, yeah. So let's, you know that article let's, a couple years ago about that guy who got PTSD from shooting an AR. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. my God. The journalist dude. Uh, no, yep. uh, whatever. Let's, uh, let's just clear one thing out for you people that are not familiar with guns. Never use the word clip. Okay. <laughs> if you're not in the military, you will never, never, be around a clip. It's a magazine. Don't even. Well, if they have like an M1 Grand. Yeah, I mean, if you have an M1, but they're yeah. But then you know, you know the difference between a clip and a magazine at that point. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody shoots up a school with an M1 Grand, uh, they just you know the nursing home is is going to be what's what's responsible for that. They just failed in their job to keep Grandpa, you know, on lockdown. But, Negligent supervision. Yeah. Excellent. Or, or there's just some Nazis that are around. Well, but at least you would be using ammo that would be legal for hunting in many places. Yeah. Oh, let me. I want to go into this this one because uh, this is a sticking point with me. It's a big fucking thing. The people that paint so-called assault weapons, which you know, AR-15, uh, AK-47 looking variants, also black semi- rifles, the black scary black rifles. They hmm. paint them as the most dangerous things that you can uh, own as far as firearms. They fail to grasp that a hunting rifle, the, the round for a hunting rifle, does a shitload of more damage to a human body than the intermediate cartridge of an assault weapon. Because, uh, I mean, they... Well, a 5.56. Five, yeah, they scale them down. 7.62 does some significant damage. But the, the Like, for example, AK-47 shoots a 7.62 by 39, whereas 
the the 308 is essentially a 762 by 50, 54. Yes, which is a yeah. bigger, a uh, shitload more of a that's, powder. That's the caliber that we shoot in uh, 240s in the Marine Corps. Yeah, the like our medium machine gun. Which, thing that well, shoot so, out of helicopters and shit. Uh, part of that, I think, actually also comes out of the, uh, I want to say the burn convention, where um, we have to use uh, basically full ball ammo, right? So, um, I think that's the Hague. Hague or Hague. Yeah, it's, it's one of the conventions. But at, at one point, they decided we want to carry a smaller, lighter round so that we can carry more of them. Versus what, you know, our grandparents and great-grandparents And that's carried. where the 5.56 five, was born. Yes, 5.56, five, which, you know, you can literally hold an AR-15 up to your crotch and, and fire it without any kind of recoil doing Don't any Don't do damage. that, kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, kids shouldn't be fucking done. Anyway, but yeah. No, kids should be. Kids should be? Well, I mean, not... Absolutely. They shouldn't no, be putting I, it up I, to I their... think it was like maybe 11 or 12 years old when like, I Don't rack yourself started. with an AR-15, kids, yeah. is all we're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't, don't go... I mean, it should be supervised. Yeah, but uh, so one of the big problems that I think, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit more. What the hell was that? Are you? Is there something going on in the background? Oh yeah, no, that's me. I, I live in the super ghetto, and that was people riding their crotch rockets up and down the street. Oh sweet! Oh cool! That came through on our microphones. We'll we'll edit that shit out, I guess. I don't know. Fuck Trump. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, no, I, I think one of the things that is really missing from this conversation is that we do not have uh, an educational environment uh, for, you know, teaching young people how to respect firearms. Yeah. Well, we used to. Why don't we, why don't we have yeah, 50, 60 police years officers ago. Yeah. once a year go in and do a firearm safety class? We usually so we we tried that, officers and the guy shot himself anyway. in the, the foot. We can get, oh it, it was uh, in Florida. Uh, that was a DEA agent, okay. wasn't yeah, it? Was a DEA agent. Yeah. yeah. You know what so, I mean? Like, get, get inert firearms, right, with the barrels, with solid barrels. Yeah. So this goes back to, like, <clears throat> I have a, a, a teenager, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I've noticed throughout my course uh, of, of life at this point is that you know, if you remove the curiosity, if you educate a lot of that whole, you know, less experiment, less play goes away because you've removed the mystery, right? So I, I, I talk have, about, yeah, please continue. So I have, uh, you know, familiarized, I have a, a, a number of, a couple firearms. I'm not a gun collector, so it's not like, a, I'm not like a gun collector, but I, I do have a few firearms. Um, and I keep them locked up because, you know, I don't live in the ghetto. Uh, but I've also wanted to let my son be familiar with them. So, like, if I'm not around, which, I mean, he can't access them because they're locked up. But he doesn't, he's not tempted to, right? So, he, I've taken him out, familiarized himself. We've gone to the firing range. He's, he's fired these some of these weapons, right? Um, he's not ready for the 12-gauge quite yet. But, you know, pretty soon. But it removes the mystery, and, and education is one of the biggest things that kind of eliminates that that ignorance that that I don't know, so I'm just going to speculate wildly, right? So I think that's one of the things that's really important is that we take away the mystery and educate people so they can comment somewhat knowledgeably. I, I couldn't agree more, and I actually talk about this in the article as one of those one factor in that 10,000 
gun deaths a, a, or 10,000 gun deaths a year um, is a lot of them are accidents, child, children getting a hold of firearms when they shouldn't have, and they just don't know what they're doing. Um, one thing growing up, my dad was a big firearms collector, uh, is he always said, look, don't ever touch a firearm when I'm not around, but if you ever want to, come find me and I'll, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll show you. So I knew if I was curious, I could get that curiosity sated. And we never had an accident with, with any firearms in our home. And I think that goes a long way to illustrating that point. Like, my, my father grew up in, in a house where there was, and it was a farm, but there was literally a loaded rifle behind almost every door, right? And when he mm-hmm. was 12, he shot through the ceiling because he was all by himself and he was playing around, right? But his his father had always told him, do not be playing with these guns and everything. So he knew he messed up the second he did that, right? And, you know, give him some credit, even as a 12-year-old, he was smart enough not to point the weapon, you know, anywhere but up, which, you know, rounds fall back down to earth, but... Um, at the same time, it wasn't like he was pointing at the neighbor or something like that. But it goes back to that: remove the mystery and educate yourself so that you're not. Well, yeah. I mean, if you like make a big deal about locking up all your um, hammers, like you have a garage and you have the cabinet where it's got a lock on it, or you know, you're like, you don't don't ever touch this hammer, son. Your kid's gonna want to fucking touch the hammer. That's just that's how that is. I mean, mm-hmm. kids, especially especially young boys who are more object oriented than, than than girls, which you know goes down to just simple evolutionary evolutionary psychology. But kids well, like boys are the ones that stick their fork into the outlets. So yes, yeah. I mean we, we you want to fuck with shit as a kid, and guns have a mystique in this country, regardless of whether or not you think it should. That that is, I mean, half of our culture, all the media, action films. You grow up thinking that you're supposed to grow up to be an action hero. So you want to get your hands on guns, and a lot of these fucking shooters that are going out are like kitted up, and they're dressing like they're they're a background character in Call of Duty, and, and they're they're playing army. So of course they they want to have this, and if you're going to be a, a kid, you're going to want to be a part of that. So guns cool, just like swords and every other fucking thing you want to play with as a kid. Ninja stars, yeah, ninja stars, and so I mean we, you can't you have to demystify it. You you don't make it not an object that object of mystery make it it's just a fucking tool it's just like a hammer only you know it's just it hits shit way over there my son is totally bored with guns because i've removed all the mystery from them and that is pretty much was my aim from the get-go so and you make the point in your article um about this and it's just like abstinence uh teaching abstinence only sex ed yeah well it's a terrible idea it's not gonna it doesn't work yeah, in states where they have abstinence-only uh, sex ed policies is where they have the highest teen pregnancy rates. Yeah. So it's, it's a metaphor. People are going to fuck. People like yeah. to fuck. That's, that's what they do. People like to shoot, right? Yep. It's, shooting's fun. I mean, it, it no is. matter what you're feeling on, is on guns, if you go shooting, you're going to have a good time. It's all but guaranteed. And unless I, you're that one journalist from... Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, unless you're going to get PTSD <laughs> from the AR-15 <laughs> that a seven-year-old can shoot. Uh, you guys can't see me because we don't do video on this, but I, I literally have face palm. He's no, got, yeah, he's got veins. Major false on face palm <laughs> right now. So I have some things that I I want to talk about, and uh, it's you know mostly like Geritol and uh, prune juice. No, uh, no. So I have some very because I'm in a room with two pretty staunch libertarians, right? Yeah, for them, I don't know, I don't know if that describes yeah. me as much anymore because. 
Yeah, I like roads and hospitals and fucking <laughs> fire trucks showing up at my house. Yeah, but so, but that, I've been that, saying that for ten years. That's hilarious. <laughs> that 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 doesn't. Well, yeah. No politics, right? That's the rule. No politics. Uh, uh, okay. Everything yeah. we do is politics. Yeah, everything, everything we do here is politics. is politics. So we're just not talking we're just about not politicians. But I mean, I, I, I get where you're going. It's like you're. I have you're some more... concrete uh, examples of what I like. Like, so I think I have. It's, it's strange because I've been, a, you know, I'm a third generation Marine. Uh, you know, firearms part of my life uh, for a lot of my life, but. Um, you know, over time, my, my, some of my beliefs have changed. I, I think we should, I think we should require that you take a course just like to get a driver's license in order to own a gun and that you should go through gun safety, some marksmanship training, but you should also go through legal consequences of discharging my firearm in public course as well. So you're aware like, Hey, if I go shoot up my neighbor, there's some actual legal consequences because of, you know, all the people that say, Oh, I had no idea. Right. So yeah, it's it's actually a felony in Arizona, and it's it's so if you if you accidentally pop a round off here in the state of Arizona, you will very likely uh, be charged with a class three felony that's considered dangerous. So you're mandatory going to go to the Department of Corrections. It's not not a good idea to shoot rounds off in city limits. Right. So it goes back to People the education that. thing, right? It goes back mm-hmm. to knowing the gun laws in your area. Um. And but I also think we should have some maybe depending on the the firearm right, increased waiting times, um, and maybe more extensive background checks. But and the the thing that's a big change for me, you know, and and, and admittedly I've got a kid and I've got a lot of friends that have kids, um, is that I'm seriously considering saying, you know what, maybe I don't need that black rifle. Uh, because maybe it's more important that the kids live. Uh, the flip side of that, that I've always argued online, is that the United States is Pandora's box as far as there's so many weapons, so many firearms that are unregistered and are out, you know, in, in, in a lot of them in the criminal element. So if you de-arm the populace, if you take disarm the populace, um, then the bad guys are still going to have the guns, right? And then the, you know, the people, good guys, don't have guns anymore, right? So, you know, it's a, it's kind of a fine line. And for me, the solution is education, and you know, in the in the in the form of a gun safety course. I, so that's I. Go ahead. The 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 hang up for me on that. Um, so when when I don't I don't teach firearms anymore but when i was a firearms instructor my i would say mid-level course for for shooters basically intermediate or inter, beginning to intermediate shooters who wanted to learn the legal and legal consequences and the ram and the the skills necessary to carry a concealed weapon safely that was a 150 dollar course and that was the course that satisfied the uh riverside county uh ccw requirements um Shout out to Defensive Tactics and Firearms, Morgan Bath, amazing guy. Uh, go there if you live in Southern California. Um, but anyway, that's $150. And that doesn't seem like a lot of money to me and, and to you guys, but that's a lot of money to poor people. Yeah. And if you require that in order to own a firearm, and I'm not saying I disagree with the notion of training, 
But if you require that in order to to possess a firearm, then you're tying a constitutional right to income. Just like a poll tax. Just like a poll tax. You know, the closet libertarian in me says, well, you could join the military and get all kinds of training and get paid (laughs) for it. I mean, there's always a way, right? There's always a way. That's one thing I try to tell some of the young people that that I know, that I encounter, right? If you want to find a way to get it done, a solution, you can do so if you apply yourself. And and sometimes it requires sacrifice. And a lot of people these days are not so willing for the sacrifice. But, I mean, if you want to... Well, how about this? Why don't we give a little bit more funding to either county sheriffs or, or large municipality police departments... And have their training divisions offer this training. I think that's I think that's a great idea. I I I mean, one of my ideas, and I'm not sold on this at this point, but I'm thinking about it is maybe everybody should carry a gun, and so the next time somebody whips out a gun and tries to start shooting people, everybody can just shoot that <laughs> motherfucker dead, right? That's but, that's straight. That's Penn Jillette's theory that, of airplane security. That, it is, and it's Robert Heinlein, right? Yeah. A, a, an armed society is a polite society, right? Yeah. But but it takes training. It takes commitment. It takes uh, you know going out and and making an effort to educate yourself because you you need to be a, at least a, a possess a level of marksmanship marksmanship that you're not shooting random civilians, right? When you're trying to take down an active shooter, right? So. I don't know, but it's just a, it's well, a very tough question because there's so many guns in this country, right? So, so CCW classes don't, don't teach you to go out and engage. Like anybody who's taken one of my CCW classes would tell you that, that if there's something going on and you can safely get away, get away. You're not a first responder as a CCW carrier. You're only there to deploy your firearm in defense of yourself or, or third parties when there's no other option. Unless you live in Florida, um, right? Because Florida is, yeah. There, the CCW license basically allows you to be weird sort of auxiliary, but uh, Florida. No, no, no. But that, that, that's that's different. So that's so the concealed carry in Florida is separate from the Castle Law in Florida. Well, right. uh, Castle well, Doctrine, Stand Your Ground Law, all that shit. Right. So the, the the Stand Your Ground in Florida is what allows you to be able to uh, defend other people against a threat. Well, I know when I took that's, my... That's not quite... That's not exactly accurate. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll let you get it. I just let... Uh, one, I, when I was in Kansas City, I took mine for... It was in the state of Missouri and Kansas, the concealed carry. Uh, you're not allowed to draw your weapon unless... Uh, to respond to any threat other than to your immediate family. So, I am mean, even grandma or uncle are fucked. So, you can't pull, you know, pull a gun on that. So... It's different states have different laws. I, I don't hmm. know what the general is. And maybe you can, like, enlighten us on that part. So I'm I'm going to let you jump in, uh, but uh, just as a former Florida resident and uh, concealed Florida carry man. licensed person, um, yeah, Florida man. Well, that's, um, your new, that's your new name on the floor, Florida man. <laughs> so that ain't right. Uh, so uh, you know the 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 understanding that we had of uh, the way that castle legislation is done in Florida is that you are able to stand in and defend anyone against the potential for loss of life or property in any particular place. It doesn't have to be in your home or in a place where you are legally required to be like your, your employment, right? You can go to like the grocery store and if someone is trying to kill someone else, 
you are protected by uh, castle legislation. You hear that, right. alligators? So, so, so here's here's the 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 disconnect, right? So there's at, at common law, the the general rule is that you have a duty to retreat before resorting to deadly force, right? So if someone's threatening your life and you can safely escape, you have to. That's the Northeast. The, yeah, the majority of states have passed affirmative legislation which says you do not if you do not have to try and safely retreat before defending yourself or others. So that's that's the difference, right? So so at common law or with with a standing ground legislation, if you see somebody um, getting attacked, you can step in and defend them. Um, certain states, uh, as as someone said, um, you know, can limit that. I believe someone said Missouri or Kansas where they limit that to just immediate family. Um, but usually the same circumstances where you can defend yourself, you're someone's reason, you reasonably believe an imminent threat of death or great bodily harm. If you see somebody else in that state, the default rule is you can step in and protect them as well. Um, so Sandy Rogoff doesn't, doesn't give you an affirmative right to do that. It just kind of protects that right. If that makes sense. Okay. So yeah, that's, this is why that's... people don't like lawyers. <laughs> No, that's that, that's that's a fair criticism. Like you you you're not uh it, you're not uh, empowered or um um yeah. What what it, what it right? says is that so you have it, every you're not right supposed to, to go out and do place. this, but if you have to, you're protected. Yeah, you know, it's saying you have you have every right to occupy a public space as anyone else, and just because somebody is is threatening you with death or great bodily harm, doesn't mean that 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 your that that trumps so your right. I'm not going to be the punisher. There. Uh, let's, but so, I hey, let's right. talk about George Zimmerman for a second. Remember him? Remember that, that, that winner? Um, yeah. Yeah. Your dog doesn't even like him. Here's, here's the issue with George Zimmerman. Everything he did was morally wrong, but legally allowed. He's allowed to walk down the street just like anybody else. Even if he's just following somebody, he, he reasonably or probably unreasonably thinks it's suspicious. But what, what people don't normally understand is that, well, just because he was following, you know, this poor kid doesn't give the kid the right to attack him, pound his head against the concrete. If you look, he had x-rays introduced at trial that showed skull fractures in the back of his skull. And that's when, unfortunately, he, had, he shot Trayvon Martin. So it's, it's a terrible tragedy. And George Zimmerman did everything wrong. He did everything to cause that. But what's the alternative? You're going to criminalize walking down the street? Yeah, I, I don't know. It was ugly, and the fact that there it, there was a racial component to it just made it so much worse. And yeah, George Zimmerman's a piece of shit. Like he tried to auction off that uh, the PF nine that he used oh, to shoot Trayvon Martin. He's tried to just cap. He's a disgusting human. He had being. a couple of uh, not so savory uh, moves post Trayvon Martin that really illustrated his. Character. Well, I can't imagine he can get much work anywhere now, um, given that he's a uh, just celebrity for being a piece of shit. So. Which I wish yeah. was the case for everybody that was a piece of shit and a celebrity, but then we wouldn't have reality shows about the Kardashians. Yeah, that, and, that would and be horrible. George Zimmerman's a perfect example of why it's so important as a CCW holder to not be fucking the to not try and think you're the police because you're not. You only carry a firearm to protect yourself and those you, your family. You're not out there to apprehend criminals or, or detain people yeah. or fucking you know arrest people. That's not your job. You pay taxes, let fucking cops earn their pay. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just, uh, I will relate a personal anecdote about this because when I uh, have carried arm in, armed in the past, before then, 
I would be driving down the road and, you know, somebody cut me off and they might get a little middle finger or something or a horn honk. And once I started carrying a weapon, I avoided that at like the plague because you realize, oh, shit, I am if the situation escalates, I, I don't want it to go there. And I would think most people that have a, a concealed carry license or, you know, just armed in general, I would hope feel the same way where you do not want to get put yourself in a situation, which is why George Zimmerman was a fucking asshole. And, and in my limit, you know, I'm, this is all anecdotal experience based on just a couple years of doing of teaching firearms for a living. Most people with a CCW don't carry regularly. Think about how how many of us on here have a CCW, and how many of us carry every time we leave the house. Yeah, exactly. And you, I mean, you hope that you don't want to, but it's one of those things. It's better to have it and not need it. But you know, you also don't want to be that dude that's paranoid about walking out his front door to check the mail, thinking he's going to get mobbed by uh you know whatever his paranoid fantasy is well but so people that have uh any kind of concealed carry license or so in texas we don't have uh concealed carry anymore we have a um constitutional uh, carry right yeah yeah so it's uh it's um what's it called whatever so anyway i have it and so i am able to open carry as well right um, so it's not just about concealed carry, but, uh, this kind of goes back to talking about, uh, the morality of what you're doing. Yeah, I, I, right? I don't so understand like, the it, rationale for open carrying firearms in, into public spaces. If this, you're not a uh, law enforcement officer, this is my understanding of it. Not the rationale of walking around like you're, you know, two Colt Sam or one of those fucking ding dongs that where's their AR 15 to the coffee shop. The, my, my understanding of it, and this is how it was explained to me is that the only reason open carry is makes sense as a law is to avoid being charged with felony brandishing when you accidentally display your firearm and you're concealed carrying, for example. So you, you've got a holster under your, your Hawaiian shirt, you know, you're going to the, to Walmart to grab, um, I don't know, hot pockets and you reach up to the top shelf and oh there's your um there's your weapon uh, and it's showing to the guy who you might have just had words with uh in the aisle for you know blocking the aisle getting you know getting the last bo- box of cheddar cheese hot pockets so brandishing is a felony and brandishing requires intent though yeah and and so the way it was explained to me was that you can there's a gray area there's like oh you saw my gun when i'm conveniently reaching for this shit Intent could possibly be established by a hostile prosecutor. So you just want to avoid that uh, scenario completely by saying, oh, well, open carry is legal. I mean, you can In, dissect it, that from, if you want. From, from my limited experience prosecuting, if somebody reasonably thinks that they're tell, explains that they're leaning over and maybe hopefully they have a witness to, to attest to that, you're not going to convince a jury of probably six to eight people. True. I that, mean, that it's not reasonable that he, that he was just leaning over. But to be fair, I mean, by the time it makes it to a jury and there's a trial, you've already you know lost out on all that shit. You know what? Like the saying is, you can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride. You might have spent yeah. a couple days in jail, lost your job, uh, a couple thousand dollars on an attorney to fight it, and you wasted two, three, four months of your your life. So I just yeah. right, and then you're probably also in some news articles, and uh, it depends on how big of a deal it is. Uh, yeah. Unless the cops just shot you for you know, being armed in public anyway, which can happen or not white. Oh. <laughs> I, I just, I just don't think that's a realistic fear, honestly, you know, cause I, I think that 
that circumstance, right? You have to be carrying your gun. You'd have to get into an argument with some jerk at the grocery store. Two seconds later, you have to be conveniently reaching over and your gun's like that. I just, so I think would, that the, the, the possibility of that happening is so minuscule yeah. that, that it's worth, I guess, the risk of saying, yeah, you shouldn't be open carrying in public. So you're an- against open carry. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm against open carry. I, I just, I, I don't understand why so i'd be open and under i'd be open to hearing additional arguments but i i in my opinion can't think of a justifiable like reason to say for the record that i am against open carry because i've never seen a responsible in- individual that wasn't like hey look at me everybody type of asshole that was an open carry right they they I, all I, have certain characteristics right <laughs> I actually open carried once, and I immediately regretted it because I felt super self-conscious the whole time. Yeah, and it was just because I was running down to the gas station at the end of my block, and I live in the super ghetto. Yeah. So, yeah, that squeak was me. So I, 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 I do disagree a little bit, right? So I think um, the reason why a lot of people are opposed to open carry is because open carry is not socialized. We don't see it a lot. We expect to see a gun on the belt of a cop. We expect to see a gun um, on, you know, someone in a military uniform, but we don't expect to see a gun on regular Joe Blow. So if you ever spend any significant time in other parts of the world, right? Uh, I know when I was 16, I went to Europe and I saw the, uh, I was in Paris and saw the gendarmes uh, just standing there on the street corner with, you know, you know, MP5s. And it freaked me out because as a 16 year old, I'd never seen that. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was normal, normalized in that area. And, you know, after a day I was like, oh, no big deal. So I do think that that goes back to normalization that what you were talking about, it's not normalized in this country, but I, I also feel like, that's a good. That's a good point, and, well, it, and it, it's been denormalized in this country. Right, right, exactly. Right? Because what... as we were talking about, you know, maybe twenty minutes ago, the, it, you know, like, uh, you know, um, marksmanship was a you know middle school and high school class where you would have uh, a twenty-two long rifle, right? And and you know there are still some schools that do this, but it's not as prevalent as it was, you know. Um, you know, 50, 60 years ago, I have, um, I have, uh, my favorite rifle, uh, is, uh, uh, 22 bolt action, single shot has no serial number because it predates any of the legislation. Right. It shoots like a dream. And it was my father's firearm when he was in high, uh, high school. You're not going to be, I'm going to just go on a wild limb here that you're not going to be doing any mass shootings anytime soon with a 22 bolt action. Well. Gophers. Uh, Fuck some gophers you with could. that. Like you could. Like, okay, so let's lot not have the FBI I'm not going to. Us, <laughs> um, so Personally, I'm not going to, but. The you know. point the point is is I, I like the consequences of misusing a weapon as a concealed carry person are significantly higher. Like you can't be driving under the influence of alcohol, right? There's all these kind of things that are and you don't act and correct me if I'm wrong, Derek, but you don't have those uh, the same kind of stipulations if you're open carry, right? Yeah, so the the 
a lot of states, there's a big differentiation between concealed carry and open carry. And the idea um, behind a lot of these different laws is to give people, to give law enforcement notice if someone is armed. If they don't have notice that you're armed, well, then you should probably be specially trained is kind of the rationale. Um, ooh, kind of zoned out there. So you can be a total idiot and open carry is what I'm hearing. In, in many states, there's no regulation on open carrying. I know, uh, if I recall correctly, in Michigan, you can op- you need a permit to conceal carry, but you can open carry without a permit. Uh, Arizona, we have constitutional carry, so you can do whatever the fuck you want after you're 21. No one cares. Um, other states, you it prohibit open carry, like California. Um, you know, so there's, there's yeah, ex- exactly right. You know, if you are open carrying, you can pretty much be a little bit of a jackass. Right, because there's not going to be, uh, you know, the background checks, not going to be any of that other, 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 those other steps. But the idea that they're, you know, going to be drinking and driving, and going into bars. Well, every bar you go into says no firearms. Right. And just because, just, just because you don't have a CCW doesn't mean that the the legality of, of carrying that that bar is any different. Right. So that's uh, that's criminal trespass, though. It doesn't really have anything well, to do with. Potentially, but uh, some other states criminal actually criminalize possessing a firearm inside a bar unless you're a law enforcement or a concealed carrier. Um, in Arizona, concealed carriers have uh, different rights in terms of access to various places than uh, people without a, a CCW or even people open carrying. So, so a lot of states do have do have different statutes to deal with that as well. So I, you in know, addition to the criminal trespass, I have an anecdote which is not a statistic. Let's be very clear on this. An anecdote is not a statistic, but I quite often see people in Texas that are concealed carrying, and you know they don't do a great job of concealing it, and sometimes it's cops or whatever, but you can see the silhouette, right? Those mm-hmm. guys never make me nervous, okay? And But the guys that carry their guns openly always make me nervous, and I don't know if that goes back to normalization, right? Uh, because it's just so unusual, but it is what it is, right? It's Let's an compare anecdote. it to. Well, well, go ahead. Think, go think about the type of people you see open carrying. They're using some sort of like either that shitty Black Hawk Serpa holster or some fucking nylon monstrosity. You know, I like there's this old dude uh, that I knew in Lansing. He come into Best Buy all the time, and he had this nice leather holster and this gigantic fucking six gun. Didn't care at all. But I see fucking Johnny Jackass with a, a Glock and a nylon holster, and I'm like, fuck, dude, you should not be touching that thing. So in Texas, uh, for the open carry piece, there's only two ways that you can do it, right? So you can mm-hmm. do uh, you can do a belt holster, uh, or you can do a uh, like a, a Miami Vice, you know, Galco. Shoulder oh, and that's it. Those are the only two ways that you can legally well, you can carry a rifle carry. slung across your back. Because those guys, well, yeah, yeah, no, I'm talking about handguns. Oh, so yeah. if, if we're talking about open carry, we're talking about handguns, really, right? So like Not a rifle. Necessarily, I don't know. There's a lot of open carry dudes that walk around Texas with their little fucking AR-15, AR-15 M4 strapped to their back. Look at me, look at me. Okay, those guys so make me no, more nervous than the guys that carry pistols. Yeah, oh, okay. Fuck it. So uh, you know those dudes. A guy are walking down the street with an AR-15. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, that, I, I agree. He he is he is looking to make some sort of political point. You're you're saying look at me. Basically, you're yeah. saying in public, look at me. If you're carrying a rifle. Right, I, I don't have mm-hmm. as nearly the issue with guys that concealed or open so, carry. Mm-hmm. 
I, pistols. I, I, I don't I, disagree with that. Like, I, I definitely recognize that, you know, those kind of dudes are looking for attention. Um, but they're the ones that are getting the attention. Are there other people that are doing that that we just don't see? Because these assholes are getting the attention. The guy last week from Missouri. Right. So, and so, you know, I we talked about this a lot on the forums. So, you know, I grew up here in Austin. Um, <clears throat> and uh, One Bad 65, if you remember that guy. I know him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he, he grew up in this area as well. And I think you did as well. When, when I was going to high school around here, right, we all had, you know, gun racks in the back of our trucks with rifles or shotguns or both, right? And did, that was did you just... walk uphill both ways to school too, old man? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's, it, it's In the snow in yeah. Texas. <laughs> Texas. We, we do get snow. We do, yeah. We get some flakes. Yeah, once, once in a while. Right. Go out to LaGrange. It's really nice. Let's stay on task. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I mean, we've already alienated the uh, pro-gun control people at this point. Yeah, we're bullshito. We don't really care about alienation. Yeah. Alienated anybody uh, can't take a job. Oh, we've, we've definitely lost the uh, Sean Abbey and Fringe crowd, too. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're sitting right in the center where nobody fucking listens to us. I think that's that's our problem. I, I actually have a, <laughs> a, a thing about that. Like, nobody listens to the centrists anymore or the moderates. Everybody listens to the extremists. It's because the moderates are, are reasonably having discussions about this while the uh, extremists on either side are frothing Are open carrying with their M4 screaming, look at me! No. Walking into fucking Walmart Sorry. dressed like Tactical Tommy out of fucking, you know, Call of Duty Part 17. You know, that motherfucker. I, and then fireman concealed carry drew drew on him because of course you're walking around looking to make a statement. He's lucky he did not get his fucking dick shot off, and I kind of wish he had. Sorry, I'm, I'm no, don't breed. There, there's an issue with that, that though, right? Because if if open carry is completely legal in that state, well then that fireman, well yeah, he committed would, a crime. He would. Yeah, that's assault. Exactly. That's aggravated assault, really. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They, and that's the, about that's the, the issue with thing, with. Right? with legally being allowed to carry long rifles in public because if i see someone entering fucking walmart with a with an ar-15 i'm feeling fucking nervous and i'm getting the fuck out of there yeah no and if i hear if i'm concealed carrying and i see somebody dressed up like that walking into walmart and he's between me and the exit i'm gonna be uh, he and i hear the same fucking that dude had a vest on okay yeah no that is a game changer it looked like a plate carrier i actually have this in my notes i want to come back to that but um i wanted to 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 kind of stop short first a little bit uh because when was the last time that you were in a gun store uh frost uh what last week because i or, bought... how about you john uh <clears throat> about eh, two months ago okay uh, uh and uh derek how about you uh, i'm <laughs> so i'm actually starting a new job so i was i was in one last like last week but okay before that it's been like two years so l- let me ask this of all of you when you were in that gun store, were all of the employees armed, visibly, yeah. openly carrying armed? Yeah, hundred percent. No, for uh, John. Um, really? No. Honestly, I didn't pay attention because there was this one guy hanging around that made me a little nervous. Uh, you know, one of those guys that's just in there to I fuck the merchandise and try and ch- chat people up because he's lonely. So I, I was paying more attention to him than the actual employees. 
So, but I, I imagine that they were because they were all wearing polo shirts, and I think one dude had a Hawaiian shirt on, which is the universal sign of I'm concealed carrying. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent true. So, uh, so it's interesting that uh, John said that uh, no, because pretty sure he was concealed carrying, but he wasn't open. Oh, okay, all right. So uh, that's fair. All right. So I have never been in a gun store where the employees were not. Same. Except for Walmart, Cabela's, and Academy. Dick's, and Academy. Cabela's. Like, Those it, are yeah, stores Academy. that sell guns. They're not gun stores. Fair. Well, that That's but they sell point. guns, right? Well, yeah, but like Walmart, Walmart people are suits, the least. But you don't see the, the Walmart doesn't store even employees sell wearing suits. Fucking violent video games anymore. Is that a thing? Did that actually happen, or was that just like one no, example? No, you, you can go buy a gun. Yeah. No, I'm here. talking about the violent video yeah, games. I, that I think that reaction. was a one-off. I that think was a they, one-off. they, but uh, the the places where they most likely need to be trained and 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 caring are obviously the places that are least likely, like Walmart or Academy. Well, that's for the same reason that they should because the schools. amateurs go there. They don't go to the, the the gun shops where you know the guys that know what they're doing, right? Right. That's the thing. So, and, and if you look at, um, and I actually posted this on the forums. If you look at the front of the Walmart in El Paso where this thing went down, they actually have both an open carry and concealed carry restriction. So it is effectively a gun-free zone where they are also selling guns. It, that doesn't seem like a good idea to me. It, it, it seems like there are some competing ideologies here that need to be rectified. That's so rare for humans. <laughs> I mean, do we need to go into the, the gun-free zone soft target discussion? Or are people that, you know, smart enough to figure it the fuck out without us making it? We don't care if you're not smart enough. Smart uh, it's enough. Just We're the, gonna the make people on the other side just think that if we make America a gun-free zone overnight... Nobody's going to get shot. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm well, trying that's, that's not to straw man their fucking arguments, but it's so frustrating. Because the only time those people hear about someone getting shot is when there's a mass shooting. But, again, they don't hear about the other, you know, 8,900 gun deaths a year that happen in our city because that doesn't make the news. Or, or so, the good so, guy with a gun that does actually happen occasionally. Where, like two million times a year, according it was at the stat. It's something ridiculous, like unfathomable how many times the good guy with a gun stops a crime or not even a mass shooting, just any kind of violence or crime, including women who are the victims of domestic abuse using a gun to protect themselves against their 200-pound greater ex-spouse or partner who would beat their ass if they didn't have one. Shoot them dead, ladies. Yeah. I mean, Samuel Colt himself said, uh, was it? Samuel Colt made a... God made a... God made men. Samuel Colt made them equal. Yes. I mean, that... It's, it's one of those trite sayings that you'll hear from gun people, but you'll never hear enter into the, the brain cells of people that hate Notice guns. how he didn't say God made men and women equal, right? Yeah, but, yeah, Samuel. Because I guess they didn't want men. Sexist bastard. Samuel Cole probably didn't want women and or black people to have guns, so let's just be honest about that because that was the 1800s. But still, the, the point is, is that a gun, a firearm, is an equalizer. It is a tool that eliminates the gap between... Somebody who is stronger and somebody who is weaker. Caveat, if you have the training sufficient to use it yes. in a stressful situation. Because that's a big yes. deal. Absolutely. Yes. And you can't discount that, which is why 
the normalization thing is kind of a, a, a point. So Which is I why everyone should go to boot camp. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I went through um, SWAT training as a civilian on two separate occasions, thanks to Bullshito uh, and the whole uh, uh, what, what camp Skeletor. Yeah, yeah Skeletor. Camp, yeah. camp uh, Skeletor. Good, good stuff. Uh, which was excellent, but um, it was very interesting because I'd done some stress shooting in the Marine Corps, but not like they do in that kind of training where, you know, they have three people hold you down and you have to get a, try to get away as, as hard as you can. And then you have to, then you have two guys sh- charging you with shock knives from different directions and you have to pick up, you know, an airsoft gun and shoot them both. Right. And the the muscle fatigue and all that kind of stuff, it's a game changer. So if you don't have any experience shooting while stressed, if you don't know how to lean forward when you're shooting, when you're moving, you're not going to have the tools you need to effectively defend yourself. So that, it all goes back to training and and educating yourself, right? So it, that's kind of the American way, right, is self-sufficient. Educate. I mean, that's what I think of as the American way. I know a lot of people don't think of that anymore, but um. no, definitely you should you should uh, avail yourself of every opportunity to become as educated and self sufficient as you can be. Yes, exactly, and that's why I think you should go through some stress testing while you're doing firearms training because it's a very eye opening how difficult it is to shoot with any degree of accuracy when you're physically fatigued in any way. And, and that's a reasonable argument that people that want to limit civilian firearm ownerships make because it, it is it's realistic. And, and I really hate to be the guy that's bringing up all those anti-gun you know points, but. We're, I, we really need to start speaking across the aisle to those people so that they they get it. We're, we're rational people. We're not. I, I don't roll around in nine mil ammo and you know, just <laughs> I, I don't do awful things with the barrel of my gun. I, I'm. I, it is a tool. I don't fetishize can't it. Get I'm, clean. When can't I, get clean. I'm sitting here holding. A, he's sitting here stroking his lower. <laughs> yeah. I, I always Ooh. pitch this idea, mostly in jest, but I, I think it would actually be pretty good of uh, discounts for Democrats. Dude, <laughs> show, us, show us a Democrat voter registration, and we'd give you a discount for firearms training. So that way, you could at least learn about it and have the ability to speak from an. Stop saying clip. Point. Yeah, stop saying clip. So what was the other one? It's well, it's not a clip. The, the, the thirty round magazine clip. Yeah, the thirty round. Right. No, no, the, the worst one but, in the last couple of years. The weapon was fully semi-automatic. It was a full semi-automatic. Full semi. What the fuck does that mean? If you come at your, never mind. I'm going to cut that one off. Yeah, we're not. We're not gonna <laughs> I was going to. I was going to make a dick joke, but let's just say if you're you're fully semi that you know you're you're not nothing's happening. So you're still pushing rope. Yeah, it's we are lowbrow here. Um, <laughs> nothing but class, people. Nothing yeah. but class. Anyway, yeah, the the there's just we need to learn how to speak to each other, and this is such a was it Art Markman uh, NPR? Uh, oh. My man. He, um, we're going to get him on a podcast man. one of these days when we have a little bit fewer dick jokes. But he, um, he, he, he expressed, he had, he had a podcast on his two guys on the, on your head, uh, show. Excellent. And, if and, you haven't heard it. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's excellent. So it's only like a couple minutes. Two scientists. It's like, uh, eight, eight to 10 minutes per episode. But, um, he, he said that for a lot of people, firearm ownership is a protected value, which means, there's no negotiation with the people that, that have it. So, and, and for a lot of people, they tie that into their identity. So you can't 
have a compromise. Take away with, a piece of their identity yeah. without severe ramifications. So the people on basically all our side of the issue see that as, hey, dude, you know, back the fuck off. I don't want you to take all our guns. I don't even want to discuss it. Second Amendment is a natural right. Uh, there's shall not be infringed, and I'm not going to let you infringe at all. And the other people on the other side, I, I think the biggest problem with that is that they, they don't even think the Second Amendment should protect anything at all. They think it, you know, they go to that militia argument because it uses the word militia, so therefore they're talking about the United States Army. Um, and, and so there, there's no fucking way to bridge this, and it's frustrating. I, so here, I talk about this in the... Go oh, ahead. Go ahead no, no, you go ahead. Oh, I, I talk about this in the article. You know, the children that are growing up in this environment of mass shooting drills, and what are we going to do? And speaking of that... Uh, I, my friend Morgan is a nationally recognized expert on active shooting response. Um, if we ever do something on active shooting, we should definitely bring him on. Okay. Um, but these these kids are going to be the congressmen and the representatives and the senators of tomorrow. And there's not going to be a Second Amendment if we don't compromise. I, I get that. Very much so. I, I understand 100%. My concern, and back when I was more of a rabid, hardcore, this is my protected value, uh, defender of the Second Amendment, uh, is that there is an actual strategy in place by people, the Brady campaign, a lot of those people, to whittle away at the Second Amendment down to the point where it is essentially nothing. It's a death by 1,000 cuts strategy so that, okay, yeah, you, you compromise, cool. Something else happens. Un- hey, can- un- undoubtedly, if we, if we ban AR-15 or scary-looking assault weapon-esque rifles, well, then the next thing is going to be, well, we still have 30,000 firearms deaths in this country. What causes the most firearms deaths? So this Handguns. is always my argument against the people that are severely anti-gun on on, on whatever platform, social media platform, in, in real life, whatever. I don't care. Um, I'm a very practical person. Right. It always what what works. Right. Is is what is important to me. And if you take all the guns away from the good guys, the bad guys still have guns in this country. And you're not going to get away from that because we have more guns than we have citizens. So by disarming the general populace, you are taking away our ability to defend ourselves from the bad guys. So Pandora's box has been opened and I don't know how we go about closing it because it's not like Australia. It's not like England. Because there was never a point in those nations' history where there was more firearms than people, right? And that yeah. is what the situation that we have here. So, and that's my argument for look. Let's just teach everybody how to use guns so that all of us are well trained and all of us can defend ourselves in the event of an adverse situation. Because once again, going back to, and I know uh, Neil's probably going to have a small frost is probably going to have a small <laughs> moment, but. Robert Heinlein, a well-armed <laughs> society is a polite society, but there's a certain amount of logic in that that you cannot debate. Well, that's uh, mutually assured destruction, right? That's the the exact same a better shot than you for what? nuclear armament. It is. There's no doubt about that, but at the same time, you have to address the reality of our current situation, and you you can stick your head in the sand all you want. Mrs. Soccer Mom Liberal, but it doesn't change the fact that a ton of people have weapons in this country that are up to no good. Well, let's address the Soccer Mom Liberal, you know, Karen thing and, you know, in general, because 
it's the privileged people that are making the strongest case for limiting firearms. The ones that live in neighborhoods, gated communities, gated communities. They they some of them even have freaking personal bodyguards, and uh, so I. They're this all goes gonna... back to the Black Panthers. I think the Black Panthers in the, the late 60s are a perfect illustration of this. The Republicans were never in favor of gun control yep. until the Black Panthers had access to weapons. And all of a sudden. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, we need to limit firearms because, oh. Yes, because the bad element has access to it, right? Yep. But it is goes back to the great equalizer and an armed populace. And, that, and, and, and it, it also, what is that saying that I, I've always loved? I love my country, but I fear my government. Right? Yes, it should be the right. So, so yeah, I like I agree. Like the the Black Panthers, those guys were on point when it came to firearms, and because they, they had to be, they were getting right. killed left they and right. They were absolutely right, and you know exactly the reason why we have a Second Amendment is what the Black Panthers were exercising. Yeah, and Fear it just goes to show the, the racial component that goes into early efforts to restrict gun ownership. You know, I know nobody can see this because it's a podcast, but Neil, whenever we're discussing various issues, Frost always pulls up. So he's just pulled up the computer screen of the Black Panthers and all the history of the different Black Huey Panthers. Huey Newton. It's always looking, interesting. I was looking for one specific. There's a guy, I think he has a... Uh, M14 or something standing on the courthouse steps of California, uh, whatever. And he, uh, the only reason I was pulling it up because if I remember right, he had excellent trigger discipline. So, because you know, you see, even way back then, anybody, even freaking G.I. Joe cartoons had shitty trigger discipline. So, there was a recent photograph, and I don't, what's her name? Uh, she's a Hillary Duff. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. And she was walking down the street with her Glock, and she had, and, and it was in, in the little gun case, but she had trigger discipline just carrying the gun case. She had her, <laughs> she had her index finger not through the gun case yeah. handle, and it was like excellent trigger discipline by Hillary Duff. That's yeah, uh, good job, young lady. Lizzie McGuire. Good job, young lady. Yeah, Lizzie McShooter. So, all right, you know what, Derek? Let's um, I mean, we're we're running long, so let's give you the last word. Uh, what do you want to reach out and get? If you could deliver one, what's your message? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I wanted to talk about body armor. Trying to just ban body like, armor? Real quick, because that's something that's come up in the last uh, week or so uh, because of the we shooting in Ohio, right? We could do a whole Ohio, podcast right? on that, though. I mean, you, I mean, you want to just burn that out? Or, uh, uh, no, let, him, let him speak his Yeah, yeah go, go ahead, and then we'll go in yes. more depth later. Well, so, it, it, so now we're looking to legislate what you can and can't wear, right? Um, so in the intent of this is that you cannot be a shooter and have body armor, right? But at the same time, the number one selling backpack this year for kids going back to school, right? Has like a level three plate in the back of it. Right? Really? Yeah. I was not familiar with that. Right. So, like, how can you how can you say, all right, well, you can't have this when it is a defensive piece of equipment, right? Yeah, I, I don't I don't agree with the idea of banning banning body armor. I mean, many states, Arizona included, criminalize the usage of body armor in crime, but I don't like the the implications of the second and third order third order effects of 
banning body armor. Right. So I, I, I think that, that well, and, and maybe this is a whole other episode because what we're talking about is the, the usefulness of a tool in the um, effectiveness of self-defense, right? And mm-hmm. so if we, if we look at firearms in that same kind of light, right? The, I'm sorry, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Frost. Shaking well, his I'm head. trying to find that goddamn picture, so I wish we had video. That's not the one. <laughs> Never mind, ADD boy. Sorry. Point. I get... So, like, you can't you can't ban body armor because it's a defensive tool, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, that. What if you were a person just paranoid about being shot, and you never shot a gun in your life, and you chose to wear body armor? And you have no guns, right? Exactly. Right? So that's a bunch oh, of crap. But you, you can't have body armor. But the guy that's got the gun illegally can shoot you, right? Yeah, you're making so, a nation. Like, full how of can victims. you say that? And so, I, I mean, turn how often and apply are that to, crimes to the being committed firearm. with body armor? It's not a problem. It's not an epidemic. Well, there was that guy in Virginia that got arrested by the firearm, just firemen just the other day. That, and then know. the uh, L.A. bank oh. robbers, which that that was thing in the '90s. Didn't they make the movie Heat based on that or? Just the dudes that like took out a bank and they were fucking stormtroopers. Those guys. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. But I, you know, bottom line is, is you got to separate the guys that carry the guns versus the guys that are protecting themselves defensively. And if if they intersect, then you can structure a law that deals with the intersection of that, right? Mm-hmm. But, and I don't have a problem with that. If you're walking around. Con- open carry with an area 15 and you have body armor that's a big red flag in my opinion like the kid that just got caught by the fireman and right because that means you, it's disorderly conduct yeah you think you're going to get shot like in other words you're anticipating some kind of conflict there that's not the same as a person who wants to wear body armor just because they're you know got their tinfoil hat they're really freaked out and and then and maybe that's more valid today than it was you know 20 years ago so um, I think there's a law of finite. What what am I trying to uh, uh, diminishing returns? Diminishing returns. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah, you yeah. very much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I think the bottom line that that people are having trouble understanding is that this is the safest time in history. There's never been a safer time to exist, and and your risk of being a victim of a violent crime is so incredibly low that obsessing and terrifying and, and, and working yourself up about this this astronomical unlikelihood is this going to give yourself an ulcer so there's actually a sociologist that has done a, a minor study and it's not like a plus one nature type major study but he basically pr- proved that well okay like he there was some preliminary indication based on the evidence of the study that the safer people are um the more worried they are about minor stressors, minor, you know, like you're more likely to get killed by a bolt of lightning than get, you know, killed in a mass shooting. Right. But it doesn't change. It doesn't change the fact that because those mass shootings are so well, well covered by the press that those have a significant, uh, impact on the mass consciousness. Right. So the safer people are, the more they worry about inconsequential, well, not inconsequential, that's not the right word, but, you know, statistically unlikely things that could end their life because they have, they're not worried every day like the the serfs or, you know, the plebeians were that, you know, I don't have enough to eat. 
I'm not going to, I'm going to die of dysentery, right? Because they don't have those kind of worries. They're nice in their indoor plumbing, air conditioned, you know, living spaces, thinking about, oh God, what if I get randomly shot? So there's yeah, like, an actual direct correlation there between the more safe you are, the more you tend to worry about what you're pursuing. And it also goes back to the media's portrayal of or emphasis of these things. I, I think that's a great point. Um, think about DUIs. Statistically, you're, you're pretty, you're much more likely to be involved in a DUI related collision um, than you are to get killed by a firearm, even hurt by a firearm. We don't hear about DUIs. Nobody's worried about them. But we hear about firearms and mass shootings all the time. And that's what dominates people's conscience. I think that's that's a great point you had. Yeah, because we were exposed to that because there's such heavy coverage. Because, and, and this is a separate subject. It goes back to sensationalism in journalism, right? What mm-hmm. what sells newspapers? What sells click clickbait, right? These kind of things that are, that are intriguing or, or grab people. Well, feel-good stories and kitten memes do not grab people in the same way that mass shootings do, right? So, mm-hmm. and this goes, and I'm really going down the rabbit hole here of, of alternative uh, subjects for future podcasts, but it goes back to we don't portray centrists or moderates in the media anymore. We only portray them the extremists. Well, that's because they well, that's, sell. That, we have a for-profit media. Yeah. Right, and that's that's yeah. the for-profit. Like, Walt, I always go back to Walter Cronkite, right? The guy that didn't politicize the news. He didn't make it left or right. He just reported the facts. And for the most part, we kind of lost that today. So... Well, yeah. that, I mean, that's that's a whole other that's episode. Another, yeah, about, yeah, that's another episode. But there, 24-7 news cycle and, you know, what, but there is some, you know sensationalism. And, but it and, does pertain to this particular subject in the sense that the, there's so much sensationalism involved in these mass shootings. They grab the public's consciousness so much. And, and don't get me wrong, there's a certain degree of validity to that because... I am personally sick of hearing stories about children getting shot at schools, right? And I worry about my own son's safety sometimes, right? We we, we should definitely do a do a podcast. You guys should definitely do a podcast on on how schools can better respond to the threat of active shooters. So I think that, that there's a lot of misconceptions out there. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. Yeah, no, that we'll we'll definitely we we have I have a whole lot of options for explaining this, especially, but I think one of the things we need to focus on, especially when we move forward is trying to get the people that are just maybe not completely decided that guns should not exist at all, but the people that are either on the fence more towards the center that don't want to ban all guns, but you know, probably think something like maybe semi-automatic should be under the NFA or it's just something, some more towards the center opinion that we can kind of, have on and I, I think maybe we even need to get like Derek back and then have somebody that just does not think a civilian should own firearms at all well, we didn't touch on the NRA or their total uh, oh. lunacy at all can, in can, this I, can I chime in with my, my typical response of fuck the NRA fuck those treasonous bastards and fuck their television channel that's now off the air they they do they, a lot to, to they do a huge disservice to gun owners and proponents of gun uh, yeah, gun control. 
Did you guys know that there were two divisions of the NRA? Yeah, the, well, there's the ILA, yeah. which is garbage. Yeah. And you have the training division, which, I mean, does an incredible job of, of training and educating people. Uh, I think the that 40s, people, 50s, people and 60s, they were invaluable. I mean, they were, they were fundamental in establishing basic gun, I don't know, uh, safety education in this country. But then we started getting away from it. We don't teach gun safety in schools anymore. Right. Well, so, uh, and this is something that I've been looking into recently, and, and now we're really getting long in the tooth here. But um, so I have been interested in becoming a firearms instructor here in the state of Texas. And uh, you cannot do that without NRA certified training. Yeah, but yeah. not ILA, the actual... Not ILA. So ILA is their lobbying arm, right? So let's just make that clear. So there's mm-hmm. um, there's NRA, ILA, and that is the lobbyists that go to Washington and try and, you know, um, change the way that the laws are written or the way that they're enforced or whatever, right? And then there is the rest of the NRA, and so there are... And it's not just two organizations, right? So there's like multiple like side. We have like the 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 law enforcement training division, the civilian training division, the like practical application yeah. side of it, which right. is a lot more common sense. Than- so I'm like, I, I'm not currently an NRA member, and I understand that they're under a lot of scrutiny and a lot of heat right here. But I am also not the person that's going to say, well, you know, fuck the NRA completely because. They still have a lot of these, you know, quote unquote silos that are doing good work. And not only are they doing good work, but they're actually required um, for you to be able to do things like become a firearms instructor. Well, I will say that there are a lot of great people in the NRA and they're, you know, sort of roped into it by their monopoly they have on guns. But I will just, also just seems say, like not many of them are on the board of directors. Yeah, they're not. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will say, fuck the NRA, and I, it's my personal opinion, not speaking on behalf of Bullshito, but if it comes out conclusively that any of them accepted money from the Russians in order to uh, lobby our and influence our elections, I think every single one of them should be shot in the dick with a fucking AR-15. So there's that, but you know, towards the end of the podcast, I, I think that's uh, couldn't we use something smaller? No, so it hurt more. AR-15 because of the irony. I think the ILA uh, section of the NRA needs to be dismantled and or or another uh, institution needs to step in that can incorporate the the gun education. Second Amendment Foundation? Second Amendment Foundation, U.S. Concealed Carry Association. There's a lot of places that are stepping into that role. Pink Pistols is a good one. Love pink pistols. They, they support fantastic. We've never heard of them. They support uh, arming LGBT, uh, and I, I think we should. I think every single minority group, especially ones that have been sort of or persecuted or harassed by people, they should be taught concealed carry. I want to teach people basic firearm safety for LGBT people in the local Austin area. Yes, exactly. Because I mean, those people should be able to fuck those assholes up to try to mess with them. Yep. Pardon my French. Yeah. Non-society is a play society. I'm saying it all podcast. Yep. And I'm, I'm literally holding a copy of Starship Troopers in my hand because it was on my desk. Because of course it was. We we we, we didn't want to tell you all that, but Neil can tell you I'm I'm a big fucking high man and you know hell, if I had my way, people would have to uh, do some sort of some sort of service to their community before they're allowed to vote.
that gets me out of the Well, I think, and I've talked about this before, and Neil and I are in agreement about a lot of this stuff because I'm also, I mean, I've read my mind as a teenager. And, it, and don't get me wrong, he's Horatio Alger 2.0. If you don't know who that is, uh, learn some history. Dumb but, uh, you know, the, the point being is, is that Shouldn't, it shouldn't have to be military service. There should be some civilian service options, right? Yeah, Not everybody is suited to the military. There should be some mandatory service required, military or civil, because it builds a sense of identity and community within the nation and at a local and a nation. Not to get too far into the weeds on Highlanders, right? We could do an entire podcast on the but, but I, we probably will. Starship Troopers, it's not explicit with military service. It's federal service. It's some sort of, based on the needs of the government, based on your ability to contribute. You know, if, if you're dumb as a box of rocks, you might have these digging ditches to build a irrigation system. And if you're, you know, a chemist who wants to earn your right to vote, then you're probably working in a federal lab to, to test food safety or something. Point being for, is, is that... For, for the record, I would just federal service in the vote. Well, well, yeah, I guess it is mandated if you want the vote. If not, then you get the same rights as anybody else. You just don't get to exercise the force of your vote on the people. That's the argument. Um, like I said before, this is the safest time in history to ever be alive. And, and to let yourself be gripped by this, this illusory fear of, of mass shootings and violence doesn't do anyone any disservice if you just allow yourself to be consumed by it, you're never going to be able to affect the discourse. Um, I just wish people would just start listening to each other, for fuck's sake. But hey guys, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on, it was a great time, hope to, hope to come back. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.